premium. What's what was the thing? What did I say that we should call this episode, Brian? This is your your bet. His best friend died. You won't believe what he oh. did next. Yeah, that's right. From the YouTube title. Did you catch that? Did you catch that, M? Ooh. That in when they when uh, Ben Platt uh, as the undercover cop hiding in the high school sings, uh, "You will be found on the stage." Uh, they upload a video to YouTube, and like the name of the video is "His Best Friend Died." Dot dot yeah, dot. See what happens. You won't believe what. I get. <laughs> so that's what I think we're gonna call this episode. When we Maybe the best visual gag of 2021. To no, 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 no. The best visual gag is when there's all of the videos of people responding to the video and it forms oh, a mosaic right. of Connor's face, of Connor's face. Yeah. on Instagram. I actually, I, I erupted into laughter in the theater. You like, did. Loudly. And I honestly would have laughed more, but they were like, if there were less people or more people, I would have actually felt more comfortable laughing. Because um, there were like seven people, including us, there it maybe. Was- inappropriate how much Jackie and I left. How many people were in your theater? Um, at least six, one of which was crying. Oh. Amazing. Another of which was snoring. Amazing. The, yeah. the whole human uh, spectrum of emotion in that yeah. theater. Folks! I saw Hereditary <laughs> at 10 a.m. once, and I think there were more people at that showing than there were in my sh- in our showing of Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, Dear Evan Hansen, a scarier movie than Hereditary. Folks, welcome to Movie the Musical, the movie, a Patreon uh, add-on to our main story main feed podcast movie the musical uh here it's me ben k as always brand moorhead our producer editor is also here yep uh and joining us is someone who has never actually been technically you've heard their voice on the main feed every every single week it is the the that's them. It's uh, co-composer, lovely friend and of the pod, and friend of just us in real life. Uh, M. Modaf is here. Hello. Thanks for you having s- me on this wild ride. <laughs> you said, you were like, as soon as that comes out, oh, I gotta talk about you. This was you. Yeah. You yeah. requested this. Yes, I did. You can't blame us. Oh, there's no blame. Oh, okay. There's only gratitude. <laughs> you can't blame us either, listener. No, this is, this is, okay, as I think, as I've said on this Patreon a few times, I I gotta be serious here for a second, y'all. This Patreon has a secret mission. It's not really secret, but it's like a, like an embedded thesis in what it is. We're trying to figure out what makes a good movie musical. Um, Through, and that can mean, on multiple levels, that can be just like, as, just as a movie that is trying to, live within the genre of musical theater how can that be told in a really interesting satisfying way especially also if it's an adaptation of a stage show you know the reverse of our main feed question it's like what does it look like when you're taking a show on the stage and try and cram it into the medium of cinema um so with this uh with this show with dear evan hansen the Tony Award winning, multiple Tony Award winning, best musical winning, Dear Evan Hansen, which has now been brought to the main stream in a way through a national, international cinematic release. Um, we, are f- we find ourselves with maybe 
the one of the biggest failures of musical theater to film adaptation I've seen in years. And I mean this on every front. I mean this on actually taking the show it's based on and adapting it, on actually being a musical film, uh, and even being entertaining. Because listen, people love to rag on cats. People love to rag on those meow meow cats. But listen, that movie is bad, but it is also remarkable. It is also entertaining (laughs) as all hell. Um... This is a slog. This is a slog of a film, and I like. And I want to like both. Like we we come we come to remember dear Ivan Hansen uh, and to bury him. Uh, we are here to do. We're here to both rag on this thing because I think it is it it is well deserving of a good rag. But I also want to find some time to genuinely dig into this material mm-hmm. and be like, what is this? What is happening? How did we get here? Yes, please. Uh Modef, what is yes. your history with this show before seeing the, the movie this week? Um, I've seen a bootleg version of the stage play. Um, so that's fine. I know. I honestly have always really loved a lot of the music in it. Sure. Um, and I, I love Ben Platt's voice. Sure. That's, this is the first time I've ever heard Ben Platt sing, and I was drawn to the music because I heard his voice. Um, I didn't actually really know what it was about while I was starting to dive into the original Broadway cast recording. Mm -hmm. And then once I found out, um, I had a lot of differing opinions and I kind of floated away from like listening to the music or wanting to see the show because I have a history of mental illness and the way that it's brought up in this show makes me want to burn someone's house down. Sure. It's, I think, a, a fair ben response. Ben Platt's house. Ben Platt's very nice. I didn't no, want to go not, there, but I'm not, got a couple. We're not burning anyone's houses down, people. Oh, he's got multiple houses. Yeah. We could burn a couple of them At down. At least two. Oh At least God. two houses. I will not. He's got a super nice apartment in New York City somewhere <laughs> and, like, a house in the fucking Hamptons. I refuse. Probably. Or L.A., more likely. <laughs> I refuse to entertain this bit. Um, but even though, I mean, he's been, I'll say, there's there's so many angles that we can sort of take this on. Because there is such, there's a lot of ego in this project. Like, I think that's oh kind of, God. it's kind of undeniable. The whole, like, Stephen Chbosky, the director of this thing, being like, you know, was either Ben Platt or nothing. Would have loved to take nothing. I think that would have been great. Um, ben Platt being like, I'm the only one who could have done this role. Literally, his boyfriend has played Evan Hansen before. Literally, like, it was released on his birthday. It was released on Ben Platt's birthday. Which is also my birthday. What? At root. Oh, wow. Literally root. Yeah, I'm, I'm Also, I mean, bigger than any of this, the executive producer is his dad. Yes. His daddy. Mark Platt, famous uh, uh, producer Mark Platt, who's produced Wicked. He produced La La Land. He's a, yeah, he, he is not a nobody. He's one of the three guys to talk on the Oscars before La La Land realized they didn't win the Oscar and it's, it went to Moonlight. It's true. It's pretty funny. You oh. can see a really, like, sad look on his face. Really? When... One of the most memorable moments <laughs> in cinematic history of the past decade, and we truly oh, love yeah. to see it. Um, But, I mean, yeah, Dear Evan Hansen, like, as a stage show, like, people fucking love it. Um, And we, and it's, it obviously, one best musical over and best score 
and uh, over Great Comet, which I think is really ridiculous because that Wild. is a much better show in like every regard, in structure, in composition, in actual production. It's just amount of Josh Groban. Amounts of Josh. It has at least one more Josh Groban than Dear Evan Hansen. Mm-hmm. That is very it's true. True. Um, and then of course the director of the film is Stephen Chbosky, uh, best known for writing the book The Perks of Being a Wallflower, for directing which the- was on her book. His uh, the side of or his that was his bookshelf and that's what it was as was on the road <laughs> of course he's a he's a sad lo- sad loner kid of course he loves on the road yeah the the oh. goal of Stephen Chabosky because yeah at the I know we're skipping around whatever this is a weird out of format episode at the end of the film Be- uh, Evan Hansen is trying to get to know Connor better he's like you know I I fabricated this whole story about me really knowing him but I didn't really so now I actually want to try to get to know him so he looks at like the eighth grade yearbook and like Connor has put down like all of his favorite books. And the one of the books on the list is The Perks of Being a Wallflower. It's such a baffling, again, ego-driven choice. Like, dude, you didn't have to so do that. So, this is a this is a Ben Platt and Chbosky passion project. This is like two Apparently, bros just masturbating onto the silver screen. And before we even just dig into just this bug nut plots because the actual just specifics of it's it's sweaty as the kids like to say it's a very sweaty plot what um we we gotta talk about world's greatest dad um so this morning i rewatched it um em i don't know if you know this movie world's greatest dad it's written and directed by bobcat goldthwait and it stars robin williams it's one of robin williams's final films um, Robert Williams, uh, Daryl Sabara, and a bunch of other folk. Um, Robert Williams plays a, a poetry teacher, and he's a failed writer. Um, he's very miserable, and his son, played by Daryl Sabara, is an absolute jerk, and everyone hates him, and even Robin Williams hates him. And then one day he finds out spoilers for World's Greatest Dad, you should watch it, it's very good. Um, but he finds he comes home and finds that his son uh has committed autoerotic asphyxiation. Uh, choking himself while masturbating and dies. Um, and so Robert Williams is like, oh, that's so, Im- I'm so sad, but also, like, I don't want anyone to know that this is how he died. So he, like, br- like puts him in the closet, making it look like he hung himself. He writes a fake suicide note for his son. And then people find the suicide note and they're like, oh, he was such a great writer. Like, has he written anything else? And then the dad, like, uses his son's suicide as a means to, like, make pass off his own writing as the sons uh-huh. um so yeah it's as you can tell it's in a similar sort of like like landscape as dear Evan Hansen but the thing about world's greatest dad is it knows that this is a gross premise like it is aware yes. of the thorniness of and the selfishness of and the abuse of and also just like there's like the school psychiatrist who's like, oh, it's so great that he killed himself because it's helping all these other kids. So they were, it's like, it's, it's yeah. showcasing how people abuse people's suffering. It's, the movie is about that. And it has That's a, what I wanted. Yes, That's what it, I wanted. And we'll talk about, there is one moment in the film, which I think does address that. And then the rest of the film doesn't mm-hmm. give a shit about it. But yeah, what's great about World's Greatest Dad, which is, it's not the best film in the world, but it is a film it's pretty that- pretty good though. It is pretty good. Yes. It's like an indie darling from the mid 2000s, you know? Yeah. And like eight or so. I don't know. One of Robin Williams' funniest roles, I would say, I would argue. Wow. I, I know. Hot takes from Ben K. 
You get them every week, folks, especially on the Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say, like, like you kind of said, a big part of that movie, and I did not rewatch it this morning, but I've seen it a couple times. Um, a big part of that movie that is different than this film is that you're never, yeah, you're never really rooting for or expected to root for uh, Robin Williams' no. character. You know, it's more of just like a, uh, and then this happened, and you just start seeing like, oh, fuck, this is getting out of control more and more and more and more and more. And you're waiting for the balloon to burst, yeah. you know, where in this, it's like, I have to watch him sing ballads, though. And the movie <laughs> and the subject matter very clearly want me to, like, root for and identify with Evan, you know? No. And it, yeah, right. That's problem. No, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, exactly like you said, like you the there is no sense of like sincerity or aspiration in World's Greatest Dad. It's like no. the the. The lessons of like, oh, like being kind and being truthful and whatever. Like they're it's they're like, no, this is all people are greedy and selfish and will take bad yes. things and use them for their own like self like success and like self-worth and that. That's and the movie is aware of that. It's it's cynical, but you kind of have to be cynical with this kind of premise, you know? Um, and mm -hmm. that's maybe the biggest problem with Dear Evan Hansen is just how gosh darn earnest of a thing it is. And I and listen Modaf and I, we love that that dang SpongeBob musical. We, we're not folks who don't hate earnest material like far from it it's just that like you know with this premise it's a little hard to be sincere unless yeah. you're being sincerely honest about how complex this issue is yes like, but we cannot earnestly <laughs> we can't earnestly talk about all the good that can come out of taking advantage of somebody's suicide yeah and, and i don't so, want to watch so you sing about it Right. What well, can again? So, I don't even. I don't even know where to begin with this film. Like, I th let's talk about the musical. Like, do you know any history sure. of the musical? Because I had not. So my my relation to this thing was watching him sing at the Tonys and then win, mm. um, whenever that was, and then the and not not ever looking into anything further of the plot of this thing and hearing people singing singing it at the cabaret bar that I work at. Sure. And yeah, and that was it. And then I saw the movie trailer and I was like, wait, what the hell is this about? And then looked up the Wikipedia for the plot like, you know, three months ago whenever the trailer came out and everybody, most people were worried about how old Ben Platt looks. And I was like, wait, this is the plot <laughs> of this musical? What are you talking about? He's not gay? Like half of America on Twitter was like, wait, he's not gay? <laughs> ben Platt, the, the character, or the actor is, but like Evan Hansen, this isn't about like a sad kid being gay in high school. Like, no, it's, it's unbelievable. It's a, no, he, nope, not at all. And again, I, don't, I, haven't, I haven't seen the stage show. I haven't gotten a chance to read the script. I only know it just from what I've read at just places and from the original Broadway cast recording. So yeah, apparently, according to Wikipedia, which I mean, it's, it's, it could be true shit on Wikipedia. Um, it had its origins in an incident during... Uh, so, of course, this is a Pasek and Paul joint. It's Bench Pasek and Justin Paul, and the book is by Stephen Levinson. Um, and it's a, based on an incident from Pasek's high school years. So, something like Pardon? this happened? I don't know. <laughs> but no, this was... Excuse me? So the, this was workshopped, um, and Ben Platt was, like, always a part of the show from re in the re readings and workshop stages. Um, mm -hmm. It was at Second Stage, Off-Broadway in New York. Um, 
no, it premiered at the Arena Stage in Washington, and then it opened off Broadway, and then it went like right to Broadway, uh, just a few months after its off Broadway production, and it's still running to this day. It's still, it's still there. And uh, the other day, I I went into a deep dive. Um, first, looking into <laughs> people are obsessed with the fact that Ben Platt ugly cries every night on stage when sure. he sings words fail. Um, and so I saw this whole interview and he was like, yeah, I worked with my voice teacher to make sure that I had space for like tears and crying while also being able to hit the notes. And I was like, okay, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then I watched a medley of like, I believe it was 15 to 20 different other Evan Hansen's. Okay. And you're telling me none of those were good enough to be in the movie. There were some that were like 22, 23, 24. Well, no, there's, there's Andrew Barth Feldman, who was one of the kids who was also recently in uh, the Ratatouille. He played Linguini in Ratatouille, the TikTok musical. He's like, yeah, like late teens, early 20s. And so he good. was very good. Yeah. Oh, he's not the son of Mark Platt. Damn it. Sure. And it's, and again, like, I know that, like, Stage acting and film acting are, of course, very different disciplines. There's different stuff that goes into them, clearly, um, from this show. But it's just like, and again, so that's a Yul Brenner. Hey, I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying you got to know how to bring one performance to a different medium. Right. And so Ben Platt decided, oh, I'm getting praised for ugly crying every night on stage. Let me just do it the same way on film with a camera right in my fucking face. Ain't gonna work. You look like, as my partner said, a dog who ate a bee. <laughs> Sad. Sad. And, like, I, 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 part of me, like, doesn't want to hate on Ben Platt. I, like, I know it is completely ego-driven. It just isn't a good performance. He, like, the hair and makeup departments just really fucked him up. Should be sued. Yeah. Why is his, why did they like especially I watch I watch, I rewatched the uh Tony performance last night. Sure. Of waving through a window. I'm like, why the hell did they give him long curly hair? I don't know. It makes so much more sense to have that like, you know, bad high school short haircut. Yeah. I don't know what it's so the, bizarre. I don't know what the equation was where they thought that would make him look younger. Like it younger, only made him look worse. Um it's Maybe he's graying at the temples, when the, and so they were like covering it up. When the know. when the trailer came out initially, he was like, oh, like, and everyone was yelling uh because he looked bad, because he does look bad. He was like Hey, you know, like there's so many like old people in the movie Grease, uh, like yeah, and they look ridiculous. And it's like yeah, and like yeah, I agree. They look stupid too. Also, Grease isn't like a lifetime original movie. Like Grease has like a sillier tone. That's I mean, so that's okay. So that's the thing I want to sort of really dig into because. On stage, from what I've seen, and Modaf, you can correct me if I'm wrong, it's, I mean, it's very theatrical, and in that I mean, like, there's a lot of, like, screens used to, like, convey, like, for, like, lighting, and, like, it's a lot of, like, bare space, but then, like, stuff mm-hmm. filled in with, like, big, like, projections, and, yeah, lots like, of projections, yeah. lots of projections, like, spare set pieces come in, maybe a couch or a table here and there, and stuff like that. Yeah, so it's, like, it's just, like, we are clearly in a theatrical space where the audience is using their imagination more, and, of course, that gives us more room to buy into just people singing these ballads as a concept. Exactly. But, like, 
when you're singing this, when the movie, first of all, just the visual palette of this film is so flat. It like it, oh, it looks like a, it's like lit terribly, sh- really not shot well. It's like a student looked, film. It looks like a Lifetime original movie, honestly. Not even because they'd be doing something weird. It looked Lifetime original movie is the right <laughs> thing or Hallmark Channel. Well, movie. and again, yeah. that's the thing. Better it, lighting than a Hallmark Channel and, movie, and but like, only just. So, like for musical theater, right? Because it is like it is literally like transcending reality, right? It's like people yeah. like in such an emotional place that they have to sing what they're feeling. But it's like if and like there's moments where they're like edit on the beats but again it's just like because everything is lit completely normally it's just like it just it's a weird like disorienting effect of like this looks like reality but it's clearly not because you're belting your fucking face off um and it just it like you know like even like it just doesn't work you either have to like have outsized situations going on or you have to film it as in an outsized way and neither of those are accomplished here so we just no it, it, a couple times that like they take advantage of the fact that it's a movie to like switch locations or like go to you know kind of make time jumps and that kind of a thing in somewhat of an interesting way but most of the time Whenever it's a musical number, with the exception of uh, Sincerely Me, which I'm sure Ben wants to talk about in a minute. Yeah. But um, what was the, what's the one he sings where he's, like, talking about their friendship? He makes Four up. Forever. Like perfect. Full forever. Full forever. Yes. That's on my list. Yeah, at the, at, the, at the dinner table. And he just stands up and, like, looks out the window, which, like, <laughs> on stage, I know what they're doing. Yeah. He would stand up. He would walk down stage center and, like, then she could come and, like, be over his shoulder and, like, sort of break that reverie. I see exactly what it would look like in a, in a, in a like, still, in my opinion, pretty basic-ass, like, blocking <laughs> yeah. for that scene. But in a movie, you're just, like, because there's nothing else going on with the editing, there's nothing going on with, like, a lighting shift or something like that. They just keep saying that same fucking shot of him running through the woods from behind like that shot is in there like 40 times it i swear to god is yeah but so bad yeah and then and then you know so he's just staring out a window <laughs> not not the titular window of waving through <laughs> but a different window in fact a lot of and windows grieving family is just like staring at his back while he makes up this story about their kid and it's just I, obviously, we talk about musicals here, and suspending your disbelief is a big old part of it. But <laughs> yeah, like if you're not gonna do anything to make it some supernatural or heightened reality, then why am I not gonna know? Why am I going to suspend my disbelief that this weirdo who was not friends with your kid just stood up from your dinner table and faced out the window while talking to you? Strange. Three days after yeah. you found Three your son. Three days. So in my notes, I wrote down. In uh, all caps, three days after, and y'all are having a guest for dinner. And then right. also, yeah. it's the she first- cooked. She cooked. <laughs> she cooked like a crazy meal. And they barely know him. And it's like, yeah, I can suspend my disbelief so well. Like we're actors, we get it. But when he yeah. stood up from that <laughs> table and started I singing, so bizarre. I said, "Is he? Is he really? Like, is he singing? Is he? Yeah, is he singing canonically in the moment? I'm it's so very confused." Weird. And then the it's the shot with him running through the park that they use over and over oh and over again. He Lord. he just looks like a bloated toddler, just like stumbling. I can't handle yeah, it. He's going to Boy Scouts. Like that little uniform they put him in. He looks like a looks like a Boy Scout. So okay, for those who I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you don't know what Dear Evan Hansen is about. But whatever, here we go. So Evan Hansen, he's 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 socially awkward. He's clearly suffering from like depression and anxiety. 
um, and other uh, fantastically vague mental health issues that they don't yeah, want to get into. Yeah, and I've got to say that, I, I, and I mentioned this to, to, to Ben afterwards, but like, he, for, for whenever he finally is like, yes, I have anxiety and depression and I, and I take all these things, he's kind of going like full Rain Man, for yeah. lack of a better term. Sure. Like, it's, I'm like, mm, I don't know, you know, it's just a little He's much. going for something that is uncomfortable and needs to be talked about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I, I use full Rain Man because that is also an uncomfortable, like, problematic yeah. portrayal yeah. of somebody with, with mental health mental yeah. illness. But so, so, yeah. And so, yeah, so he, like, he doesn't know what to do. He's, like, doesn't really have a lot of friends. And then, like, he runs into this. He's, his therapist has advised him to write these letters to himself. Uh, and then one of those letters gets in the hands of this kid, Connor Murphy, who's also, like, a loner, um, who also clearly has some mental health issues. He, he went to rehab, we hear. Uh-huh. Um, and then he, he, he kills himself. Connor Murphy does. And then they find that... The, the Dear Evan Hansen notes, and they're like, oh, he wrote you this note. Um, and so and Evan is just like, yeah, you're right. He did write me this note. We are friends. And it's just like his social anxiety, awkwardness, whatever the hell, uh, leads him to like fabricate like this friendship. And he, and again, it's like this thing where they're like, oh, like, he, like fabricating just who this person was and all that. Also, Connor, uh, the day either of or before he killed himself was the only person to sign Dear Evan Hansen's yes. arm cast. Oh, yeah. Yes. And it's, it's hard to tell if it's like he did it as a joke or if he just like was just like, whatever, man, I'll sign it. Like it's he's so, he should have done the the Stephen King's it and just wrote loser on it, you know. Sure. I, or, <laughs> then after I was thinking in the Simpsons when Millhouse is writing his name and it says Milho and then it just drags off because he runs <laughs> oh, away. Yeah. Um that's what I would keep thinking. Uh any but then yeah, and it's but and again it's this thing where it's like it, the show really, in both stage and film form, really wants to have its cake and eat it too. It wants yeah. to be like, oh, like you'll be found you'll be found should be a cynical number about people abusing like this memory of Connor Murphy that is completely fabricated. Yeah. What I wrote down is they're talking about how you're never alone. Connor was alone. No, it's like totally. No, it's alone. It should be a biting satirical. Look how these people are taking the situation as a means of like boosting their own egos and their own selves. But no, it is an actual aspirational number. And again, like that's the thing. It's like, it doesn't, there's just a huge tonal issue. This could have been another riff on a world's greatest dad kind of thing, but it's playing it so straight because it wants to, literally the marketing for the movie is like this honest, brave musical. It's just like, like it's a real it? it's that's it's literally not the film is about dishonesty and distress and then yeah it's like uh evan like has a crush on zoe who is connor's sister and then it gets to this place where they like start dating they have and, no chemistry like, and they, they don't really have a lot of chemistry and i love caitlin dever i think she's mm-hmm. wonderful in general Fantastic. and she's one of the better actors in this movie and we'll get to the cast in just a second but yeah it's just it's a real big tone problem because it's it's a really cynical premise told earnestly and it just does not and especially and yeah it just doesn't work um on the view Mm. (laughs) the view uh ben platt called it a morally ambiguous show i mean i mean that is our take (laughs) 
Ambiguous? Yeah, it's certainly not ambiguous. The whole, but that it is actually. You know what? He's <laughs> not wrong because no amount of the production has an opinion on it. Yeah, mm, okay, like and it, it presents both like people with mental illness and this idea of like you will be found and you can be supported while being couched and following a character who is morally repugnant. Yes, and yeah. you know, and so like the show itself. I'll give that to you. That's not what you meant, Ben Platt, but that is true. And yeah. this movie is also, and that's the problem, is it should have an opinion. Yeah. Have an opinion one way or the other. Just, like, just say it. It, yes. it just does both. Yeah, yeah. Just, just say it. Um, I want to talk about just, so I the music. There's two, I feel like the music, I get why people like it. It's like sure. catchy, like faux Christian rock anthems right like yeah. as 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 i say at uh it sounds like new musical theater yeah, yeah. It, it sounds a lot like new, new musical theater it sounds yeah. like a youth pastor went to a musical once it's just uh it's just good it's great um but it like i get it like waving through a window had it stuck in my head all fucking week like oh, yeah I'm not going to, like, begrudge people who like the songs independent of this show. Like, if that's what you like, that's what you like. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that they're just so... T- and Modaf, you're a musician. You mm-hmm. write songs. You know mm-hmm. how songs work. Usually. Um, usually. Um, I feel like these songs are too... And especially for, like, um, like, a show where it should ideally have sort of, like peaks and valleys and like rhythm and like what have you everything feels very much on the same note song to song yes absolutely especially since there were at least two new songs that were written and they were yes i mean i wasn't surprised by the tone of the song i wasn't surprised did uh did ben plant write them no 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 pace can pull wrote them well, Pasek and Paul wrote the, 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 the song that Connor wrote, writes at rehab. Um, mm-hmm. And then the new song, which again, like... That's anonymous? New, the, no, the anonymous ones. Uh, Pasek and Paul wrote it with Amanda Stenberg, who plays that character. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, she co-wrote it with them. Okay. Well, I have thoughts on that, but I do think that all of the songs live in the same world and i think that's a new musical theater thing that people yes who are just getting into musical theater really appreciate because they can kind of stay in the same world um one song that i think does stick out for me maybe mm-hmm. it's just because i really really like it well besides um sincerely me which, yeah, is which we will get we're gonna get to right after this okay yes. good is um i i love world words fail i think it it does have peaks and valleys and i sure. think it's stunning sure I think within the context, it's just it's just hard, and it, maybe it's just because I associate it with the the extremely the performance s- of it. Yeah, the yeah. performance yeah. and the just the filming I of it. Tell you if that's a good song or not. Right. Yeah, I'd I'd <laughs> love to. I I would honestly, if I could get a cheap ticket, I would be so curious to see this on stage with someone sure. with someone who isn't Ben Platt. Yeah. Preferably. Yes. Um. So yeah, and there there is actually there are two songs that that I think are actually. Uh, distinct from the show uh, musically. There's one that they cut for the film, which is really frustrating. It's called Good For You. And it's like, so in in the stage show, it's really interesting. There are actual like manifestations, like Connor kind of pops up Chef Gusteau style, like in 
Evan Hansen's mind being like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, what is wrong with you? I am dead. Um, so that like happens in the stage show. It's a device that could so easily have been translated for film because of how film works, but they didn't. Yeah. And then the, the song Good For You is his mom and then his family friend and uh, the other girl, uh, what's her name? Alana. Um, yeah, Alana and Jared are the friends. They're all like in his mind yelling at him, being like, what the, the fuck? What did you do? Good for you. That's not how the song goes, but. It is um, very good. <laughs> My, I don't know if, I don't know if this opinion is correct, but I feel like if you have to cut. None are. All right, great. If you have to cut a good amount of your songs from your musical to put it on the screen. Maybe it just shouldn't be put on the screen. Probably. I mean, how long does this, I leaned over to Ben. We saw this at the landmark century center in <laughs> boys town slash Lakeview, Chicago. Um, and I leaned over to you after, cause I, I got there. I was having a, had a crazy week and got there like, right after waving through a window yeah um and sat down and like it was like 25 minutes without a song yes there's and, that because that's i leaned over i was like finally yeah. whenever something yeah between maybe between waving through a window and full forever it's a good 20 forever. minutes yeah yeah and the movie's only two hours and 17 minutes <laughs> yeah so only only <laughs> i know yeah. it's it's too long folks but like look our last episode was what king and i which is like about exactly the same. True. Before that, we had Oak Carousel's like two forty. Yeah, South Pacific's know, I mean, up there too. Yeah, and this and this, but I mean, what I mean, I mean to say all that because like this is probably about the same as the musical with an intermission. Sure. And how is that possible? How do you go from movies which should, or how do you go from a stage film which everything takes fucking longer? to then make a movie that is the same length and is, you know, this slow. You should be able to, you know, I was cut, 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 and get a lot more information across. Absolutely. Uh, you're not wrong. Nary a montage, except for Sincerely Me. Yeah, so let's talk about it, which is, in my Yay. estimation, the only uh, musical sequence in the film uh, which works. Um, so Sincerely... It's the only fun thing and in the movie. It's the only, and again, it's the only thing that hints at what this show could have been um, but it stuck out too much for me because it was so oh, different. Sure. It stuck out way too much. Sure. I know a lot of people have issues with it, but again, I think, again, it is from a different movie. It is from a different mm. show. So it, so yeah, so Evan has like told uh, the family, the, the grieving Murphy family, he's been like, yeah, we, we actually had, we emailed, we emailed back and forth. We did. Sure. Sure. Um, shifty eyes. And so he asks his friend, Jared, um, uh, to like make like fake emails and so it's this like imagined song of like the emails that Connor and Evan like sent between each other and so you have this thing of like Connor played by Colton Ryan in the film like walking it's like a it's like a single show it's like a one take of him like walking down the hallway of the school singing to the camera being like ah hey Evan Hansen I'm gonna sing a song about how we liked each other and there's these cute things where he's like if I start smoking crack and and they cut back to Evan he's like what and like whenever they have to like repeat a lyric he like go it like repeats like from where he started it's it's clever it's it's the only thing that like has an actual like viewpoint when looking at yes. like musical sequences and it's like there's an actual like fun rhythm to it there's a fun staging to it um i don't know they they play dance dance revolution i don't know yes, like they do. there's there's actual like glee and bite and fun to it which again doesn't match 
anything else happening in this dang show, um, this dang movie. But at yeah. least it's like making a point, you know? I think it's the first time uh, go-karts have ever been used in a movie musical. Sure. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> If if I'm wrong on that, folks, please let me know what movie, what musical has go karts. Yeah, Ma- Mario Kart the musical, the movie. That's the one starring Chris Pratt. Apparently, <laughs> that's the other news that came out I this week. Is we, that... I refuse. I refuse to give that air on this episode. All right, all right. it's a me. I go to a homophobic church. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> Mamma mia! That song for me, the I, I'm just bummed because it was so good and it was such a cute little like music video yeah kind of cool choreographed thing but i didn't like it because it stuck out so much sure. and it was so joyful but it, it almost just wasn't joyful enough to cancel out the rest of the movie for sure me. but the the best friend uh uh Jared, versus, yeah yeah played both is it nick dodani yeah um hilarious he's very yeah, again again in a in a film in a film that is as dour as they come, he has some of the only like laugh lines in the thing. Oh, he's so funny. When they were walking around the track and the, the teacher was like, uh, you two run. And he goes, no, thank you. Yeah. And then he calls, he calls him a fascist. I was like, okay, I love you. Yeah. And yeah, he's like, oh, and if you haven't read those emails between Connor and Evan, oh boy, they'll make you weep. Bring about the yeah. Dishes. Yeah. yeah. It's like, he's like, again, like the film is just like on such an emotional, like, uh, sledgehammer on, on you. Yes. Um, so actually, Nick Dodani is great. Let's talk about the cast. Let's talk about the actors. Yes. And we've, we've ragged on Ben Platt and just how not good he is he's, in this thing he's fine honestly it's just to me it's just like bad casting obviously obviously sure. the makeup and hair doesn't look good but like he's doing fine. He's fine you can make fun of the crying scene honestly i think he looks about as equally ridiculous as a lot of hugh jackman does in les mis sure yes. uh it's a problem with shooting stuff live and a close-up like that in when it's and then the old like more fluids coming out of your face <laughs> equals sure. more emotion you're giving. You're a better uh, actor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. Like Ben Platt is a good actor. Like yeah. he, yeah, like, he's fine. Like he's, I, I, yeah, I don't know. He, he won a fucking Tony Award. Maybe he shouldn't have, but whatever. No, he won a no, Tony maybe Award. Maybe not. But like, it's not. It's it's so much bigger than it just being him being too old or like being too overly maudlin. You no, know? Yeah. it's the. It's the editing. It's the choice too. It's like I said before, the choice of like his physicality and the weird little like the kind of tick stuff. Again, he does. no. Again, it's it's like, it's, it's stuff that he was doing on stage in a Broadway house that you need to be really broad at to telegraph to the people all the way yeah, in the back in of the, the mezzanine. And it's yeah. and it's just like you tell you don't a good director would be like tone it down a little, you know, like mm-hmm. we like yeah, the, but like. Chabosky either like yeah just like doesn't know what to do with the show and again just like uh, egos in the room just like whatever do your thing do whatever got you the Tony um I feel like Ben Platt honestly probably was directing himself and everybody else maybe I don't again that's stipulation who knows I Um, love to stipulate I know you do it's a fun hobby on occasion um but everybody else is pretty decent everyone else is there's some ups and downs like Julianne Moore I think is like pretty pretty okay as as Evan's mom I think Amy Adams uh god love her I just I I I don't know I don't know she's been having a rough few years she did not do it for me no 
the there's a few uh, of those scenes when she's like looking to him for like and she'll ask him some question and like you know you get that like pov shot kind of hit from him looking at her and her uh just like being so intense that it uh, i was i I was like, if you wanted to make this into a horror film from these shots, because sure. it looks like she's maybe about to just swallow him whole. Yeah, like, it's bad. Ah, you know, I must feast on your soul to replace the hole left by my dead son. Oh you my know? God. So I just want to like read this. The past few years have been like really rough for, for Amy Adams. So like, um, honestly, actually, that's, I want to go back to, I would say her last like amazing performance was in 2012's The Master. If anyone's seen Paul Thomas Anderson's oh, The Master. Yes. She, like, should have won the Oscar for that movie. She is undeniable. It is, like, oh, yeah. remarkable. Um, then she's in uh, Trouble with the Curve, um, a movie that is not directed by Clint Eastwood, but was practically directed by Clint Eastwood. <laughs> um, a baseball movie. Um, she's, Lo- she's Lois Lane in Man of Steel, a, a thankless role. Um, mm-hmm. she's in her, which is actually pretty good in her. Um, say what you will about that oh, movie. Yeah. Um, she's in Amer- American Hustle, uh, a literal war crime of a film. Um, she just, it's not, it's not good. I hate that movie and I don't think she's good in it. Um, she's in a movie called Lullaby. If anyone's heard of that. No? Nope. Silence. All right. Uh, she's in Big Eyes. The eyes were big. Um, she was very good in that. One of two. I liked but that. Big Eyes is good, and she's good in it. It's just an odd movie. Um, she's Lois Lane again in Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Um, and then mm-hmm. she's in Arrival, which I would say is like the last good movie she's in for the mm-hmm. next few movies so she's in arrival this is 2016 trump gets elected and then amy adams's career goes down the toilet is what happens <laughs> coincidence the cor- is that's the correlation i'm i'm bringing she's in uh nocturnal animals of uh extremely divisive film directed by tom ford um she's in justice league again as lois lane uh she plays lynn cheney in vice a bad movie about dick cheney um, she plays the wife of Dick Cheney. Interestingly enough, I didn't watch this yet. The Woman in the Window. She's also in it with Julianne Moore. Exactly. I know. Two more. Lots of windows. A lot of windows. Uh, lots of Woman oh. in the Window. Oh. Um, <laughs> then she's in After Vice. She's, of course, last year she was in Hillbilly Elegy. Um, a gruesome film. Uh then technically she's been in she was in i guess Zack snyder's justice league yeah um, she's so, good in that i think she's good as lois lane in most of them but yeah it's it's snyder it's, cut good <laughs> and then yeah woman in the window and then now it's Evan hansen it's just i i love amy adams and i think she's very good and i think just she's just had a really uh unlucky run of films that like on paper like I get it, right? You're like, oh, a superhero movie, uh, a movie about Dick Cheney from the director of The Big Short, um, The Woman in the Window. Tracy Letts is writing it. Joe Wright is directing it. Mm. Um, a musical version of a Tony Award-winning musical. Um, like these all on paper. Inexplicable that her character does not have a song. Amy Adams of all actors. I know. Is the non-singing role. I mean, she sings like one line in In Requiem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Requiem. Oh yeah, because it opens. I I cackled at this too. Another visual gag where she, (laughs) it opens like behind her in a supermarket and 
she's pushing a cart away. But what dominates yeah. the shot is the word milk. Like just a huge <laughs> banner that says milk above like a mother character. It's very oh, funny. actually, it's strange. Actually, quick, in a serious moment, you know. <laughs> could we quickly? I just want to address. Speaking of signage, this high school looks oh, like yeah. it's it, it's it looks like it's like from a Gap commercial. There are so many just like like. Pride. We love diversity. Yeah, pride. Literally, there's literally like a shot of Ben Platt looking sad at a table, and what's dominating the shot is the sign next to him that says like <laughs> diversity is uh, us being together and united. And it's like, okay, we get it. So you're oh. a night. You're a nice liberal movie. We understand. Yeah. It's very. It's. It feels just so like market tested, like corporate activism nonsense mm -hmm. for just the, for the sake of it um very silly um caitlin dever like i said i think is doing fine work in this thing um i yep. think uh danny pino as the dad is actually listen like, oh. he, well, he, he's first of all daddy he, yeah, yeah. Is, real. Well, like step on my neck he, <laughs> he i will say that the the way they directed the the first time you meet mom and dad and the their dynamic where it's like sure. obviously they're One's dominant and one's submissive, and it's not going well. It was so heavy-handed, I couldn't even stand oh, yeah. it. But yeah, no, I would do dirty, dirty, dirty things to him. I know you would. What else is he in? I don't know. I've seen his face. Dan, but I don't Dan, know what... Danny Pino. Uh, he was uh, apparently he's best known for playing Detective Scotty Valens on yeah. Cold Case. Um, mm. And SVU. he was, and then yeah, he's Detective Nick Amaro on SVU. Um, yeah, I, I, he's been in, uh, he was in a, a Sons of Anarchy spinoff called Mayans MC. Oh, yeah. You remember uh, that horse movie, Flicka? Sure. Because he was in that. Was he a dad in that, too? Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Excellent. But, he, no, he's cute. He is a, a daddy in, in many senses of the word. Um, he sings, it, like, twice? Yeah. yeah. And then you have, Aman yeah. and then you have uh, Amanda Stenberg, who plays... Uh, the Alana, who's sort of like, yeah, you know, like she also has mental health issues, and like she and like everyone thinks she's like so popular because she's like head of all these clubs, but she's mm -hmm. also going through it, man. Um, but then yeah, she's also yep. someone who like again like a more cynical version of this movie would really highlight how she's using this like Connor Murphy thing to like boost her own popularity. And again, there's like the breadcrumbs of that in like her like posting the suicide note to Instagram so that they can get more money. Yeah. Also, $100,000 to clean up an orchard, y'all. It's an not enough money. <laughs> no. Not even close. They're like, we're going to redesign and rename it. I'm like, that's going to get you like two signs. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> I think in the state show, it's 50,000. What orchard is this? Where are they? It's, it's more of a grove, really. It's than someone's an backyard. Actually, yeah, yes. exactly. And like Amanda Stenberg, like they're doing like they're, again, like they like are doing fine. Like again, like this think it's a tough character. It's I think okay. it's I think it's just a tough role as well. Again, like yeah. they're just again, like they are Ben as 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 Monsieur Ben Platt said, it is a very morally ambiguous film. So it's just sure like is. it's it's hard to pin like I hate the phrase like, oh, they understood the assignment. But like the assignment is kind of like 
written in like scribbly handwriting. It's hard to understand. It's like what... you know those those like algorithm generated pictures that aren't anything. They're just sure. kind of melded yes. like colors and patterns, and your brain tries to find something to latch on. That's sort of what the assignment was for this. Yeah, it is. It's I'm, I I know I keep hopping on, but it is just a cynical premise told with earnest, and it's just like probably as an actor, it's like you either like go really earnest, which I feel like. Uh, ben Platt does, uh, I feel Amy Adams does, um, mm. or you try and be a little bit more complex, which I think Julianne Moore and Caitlin Dever do, or, yeah, but then I think you have, yeah, folks like Amanda Stenberg, um, who, yeah, just, like, kind of lost in the shuffle a bit. That's kind of, I didn't really know how to put words to it, but it, it is just... Words was, fail, Modak. Words fail. Uh, <laughs> I have, there's nothing left to say, Amanda. I, it's the character for me. I don't think it had anything to do with them as an actor. I think it's just the character. I thought the song was well-meaning. Um, high school me probably would have been like, yeah, absolutely, that's me. But it was a boring song. Yeah. Yeah. It is a boring song. It's a all, shame. All the, like, weird, crunchy granola jokes are so lame and feel so tired. Like, they're just like, she's like, I'm a vegan, a vegan pie or a gluten-free pie. Like, I oh, sure. It's just so tiring. Like, get out of here. And like Stephen Levinson, who wrote the book, uh, who, who also wrote the who wrote the screenplay and also wrote the book for it on stage. Like again, it's just it's so yeah, it's just like so middle of the road. It's so Ugh. like again, it, like you said before, Brand. This is this is contemporary Broadway, like for better or worse. I think like yeah, this is worse. Like, <laughs> I mean, yes, worse. Like, <laughs> but again, like you like again, this literally opened the same season as like a Come From Away and Great Comet, which are like both shows that like at least try to do something different. Like what yeah. like Come From Away is a do- is a documentary musical, and Great Comet is like a wild promenade. Uh, literary adaptation pop opera of a thing. It's like there, it's not like there aren't musicals that are trying to push the form in a different direction, but like and then, but this is what's rewarded. Yeah, yeah, and then, and and again, it's also just like so fascinating to just be like, like this musical, which again, like obviously, like just it doesn't work as a film, and it just it works a little bit better as a stage show for whatever reason. But it's like. This show opens like 2016, 2015, 2016, and then like win- gets rave reviews, wins best musical, is still running today. And then like when it hits like the wider, like non-Broadway mainstream, people are like, what the fuck is this? And it like, it's fascinating. It like, it's like, it's just like, what is happening on Broadway, right? It's like, what is it that like, Broadway audiences like ate this shit up and then when it actually gets a wider audience it's like it only like because theater already is like in this weird place I mean every like five years people say like oh theater's dead Broadway's dead whatever but it's like this is oh this is one of the things that really like exacerbates that like talking point because it's like if this is a thing that like theater people love then why then what the hell is going on over there you know yeah I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's frustrating, you know? Because, like, musical theater can do some really good shit. Like, we talk about it all the time on yeah. this here podcast and Patreon. It's like, you can, like, we'll, we'll eventually come to some movie musicals that are really well made and know how to put musical theater in a really interesting cinematic language. But it's just like... It's stuff like this that gives it a bad name. Is it? Is it, though, that maybe... People who are seeing Broadway shows, some of them 
many of them, because it won the fucking Tony, want to talk about things like mental illness and suicide, but they don't want to get too deep into the complexities. 100%. Right? Yeah. And, like, that for me, you know, we don't have to go into this, but it's it's insulting for me. Like, yeah, I have absolutely. a right a deep history with mental illness and suicide, and you know, all of the, everything. And do you want to talk about my experience like this, or do you want to talk about it really? Like, yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, it just flattens everything out. Like, I mean, like Broadway is great at doing just taking everything and flattening it out. And unfortunately, I wish the like curve went the other way because we talk about it like, you know, films that we like on here that are adapted into kind of boring or middling musicals. It's usually a big part of that is because they'll take like this, the interesting parts of a character or the more hard edge of a character and really just like dull it down down and roll it out, you know, and then. I wish that something like this could have done the opposite where like you are using film as a medium. So like, you know what? Give us a weird and it doesn't have to be treated like this, but I'm give us a weird Adam McKay thing of like, here's Margot Robbie in a bathtub explaining the stock market to you, you know, and this <laughs> so, it's like, well, here's a real psychiatrist. Now we're going to go talk to this real doctor who's going <laughs> to so, tell us like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. You have this opportunity with film. And it's just a shame that it doesn't seem to ever go the other way. No. Mm-mm. I mean, and again, like, we'll hopefully find some examples where it does. But I think, yeah, for the most part, they just, they, yeah, they refuse to inflate what has been deflated yeah. for a Broadway Except maybe for, stage. for Re- Requiem. That's the one song. Sure. Where I'm like, okay, so we're talking about how uh, the sister Zoe doesn't always, is struggling with feeling super, super bad yeah. because... Her and her brother did not have a good relationship. Like, go further with that. Yeah. No, again, like, again, this is, it's like gilding the lily of, like, these themes that you could dig into. Right. But it just, it doesn't actually, like, have the courage of its convictions to, like, actually dig into these things. Like, mm-hmm. it's... It's interesting there's never a scene with his psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah. with the, yeah, the therapist you know who I mean? started That's this like whole thing. That's such a movie <laughs> television trope, Sopranos to, and, and, you know, whatever you want of, like, the scene with, yeah, the person who started this whole thing. Whether, uh... <laughs> Like, there's always the scene with the therapist. or That's yeah. just wild. Yeah. We don't see hey, that in interviews. The, the so no, much. It's such a, like, cop-out, but this movie should have taken a cop-out. The, the, yeah. the, new, the, new <laughs> the new Matrix has a psychiatrist scene. He's played, yeah, totally. <laughs> he's played by Neil Patrick Harris. Whatever. Um, anyway, listen. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, you know, this, like, this musical, like, starts such an important conversation about mental health. And I'm like, yeah, so does the DSM-5, but that doesn't mean that, like, I'm going to take it seriously. <laughs> as a piece of art you know <laughs> like i don't know uh. it's it's a shame and like i it's so funny because this i feel like this movie was like manufactured to be like a golden globe nominee and the golden globes aren't even happening this year so it's just like <laughs> it's literally and i think i i, oh, I think i honestly predicted this either on a main feed episode on it or on another patreon where i said i think this movie is gonna open it's gonna be lambasted and then we're gonna forget about it in like a month i think that's literally totally. what the trajectory of this thing is and again it sucks because I think, as we've already talked about before with Annette, like, there is a way to do compelling, like, musical cinema. 
Like you can, it, it can be done. For, and even in the Heights, a musical, a musical movie that has its issues, but is still like, oh, you're actually creating compelling musical theater numbers yeah. with a cinematic language. Like yep. it, it can be done. And like, there is a way to do Dear. I, I think there is a way to do Dear Evan Hansen using the language of cinema. You got to be a little bit more. You gotta be willing to take a few more risks yeah. and be a little bit more stylized with it, but you gotta like really own up to the thing you're adapting. And this movie just doesn't. It takes the safest, flattest, most boring methodology of adapting this uh show to the screen. And it's it sucks. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, like and it sucks. That's about it. And I, I keep people people being like, oh, like, yeah, go ahead and go make fun of this thing. That means that, yeah, the people are like, you got to support this movie so that we can get more movie musicals. I'm like, not if they're going to be like this. Not no, like this. Mm -mm. I'm not going to support it just for the sake of you making more shitty musical movies. Hell mm -mm. no. Mm -mm. Uh, any final thoughts on this as we wrap up? Uh, oh, right, yes, I, I do. don't know. The mix was weird. Yeah, the I sound. I thought the vocal mix was weird, no, but maybe man. that was the landmark Century Center. No, because so. I had another friend who texted me being like, was the sound mix weird? And I was like, yes, yes, my okay, friend. Cool. Yes, it was. Great. Glad I wasn't glad I wasn't imagining that then. Yes. Um, so did nobody else notice his uh, Naruto run? Yes, he runs weird. He has oh a weird God. run. He, he it's like, not quite Naruto, arm. but it's <laughs> it's very funny. I just uh, somebody make that, please. Somebody make that meme. I'm sure. Oh, somebody I'm can sure make that they there. have. Oh, it's, it's somewhere. It's that that Venn diagram of like musical theater fans and Naruto fans. It's a circle, maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's whatever. It's a it's a silly movie, um, and I. I'm glad I never have to think about it ever again. I hope. I hope Tick Tick Boom's better. I don't know if it will be. Yeah. Um, I don't know. West Side Story looks great. Yeah. And I don't even want to hype it up too much. And I will say next uh, next Patreon episode. I think we did say we were going to launch into our Andrew Lloyd Webber series. Um, that is a lie because we got to talk about everybody's talking about Jamie, uh, the Amazon movie musical based on a British musical. Um, that's the thing. No one's talking about everybody's talking about Jamie Modaf. So we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. And also, I want to quickly plug here a special announcement just for you, Patreon subscribers. You're going to hear it before anyone else does. Um, if you live in the Chicagoland area and you're free uh, Friday, November 19th at 8 p.m., you can head on over to Davenport's Piano Bar and Cabaret and catch movie, the musical, The Cabaret. It's gonna be an amazing event featuring Brandon, myself, and maybe some special guests or two. Um, we're gonna, it's gonna be great. We're gonna do the recap and talk about some movies and shows we've talked about on the main feed before and on the mm -hmm. Patreon before. Give you some fun facts that we weren't able to get to in the show uh we'll have some fun trivia we're gonna be giving away some very niche prizes it's mm -hmm. gonna be ridiculous and we'll also be performing songs from the musicals we've discussed we'll be singing folks did you know that brandon and i can sing 
Who knew? You're going to hear us sing. Some people did. Yeah, some, yeah, some, some people, people do know that we can sing. Plenty of people. But you're going to hear us actually. sing. Yeah, you're going to hear us sing songs <laughs> from these shows. It's going to be a blast. Uh, tickets will go on sale uh, in the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. No- we will um, We'll have more uh, information, of course, like in the body of this. We'll maybe have a link or two yeah. when that goes live. Or we'll just message you on Patreon because we can do that, too. Hell, There's yeah, There's a way can. to do that, too. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably just do that. We'll send you a message Come here. Come see it. Come see if you look. Take, we don't know what they'll cost yet, but it won't be expensive. No. It'll be, it'll be a, You can do it. It'll be affordable. Two drink, two drink minimum. They check vaccination status. You got to be mm-hmm. vaxxed. So. All vaxxed. Yeah. Vaxxed, waxed, ready to make some fat stacks. It's going to be great. Um, so come check that out. Um. Modaf, thanks so much for being here and thank going you. through this. With, uh, and for our theme song. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for our theme song. <laughs> that, like, is an absolute bop. Um, oh. we, love, we love to hear it every week. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, uh, this, this show makes me sad, and I'm thrilled to have it out of my life again. Um, yeah. Thank you, as always, Patreon subscribers, uh, for being here, for supporting the podcast. Uh, we genuinely love you so much. Um, keep on subscribing and we'll keep on waving to you through that there window. <laughs>